Hey, welcome back to Romans 83839 podcast. I am convinced. I am God's favorite. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this week has been incredibly entertaining and fascinating. And so let's just get into it really quickly. I want to start with saying I stand with Monique. I stand with our sister from Baltimore. Um, and I said this a very long time ago. I remember when, as she stated on the Shay Shay podcast, and this is why I'm bringing it up because she was on a podcast uh, with Shannon Sharp. He has a podcast that's been going viral. Um, it started at the beginning of the year with Cat Williams, and now he continues to come on, uh, have guests come on to his show, and they continue to share their uh, story about their journeys and they also check some people in the meantime and well our good sis our good auntie um, Monique came on there and she set the the record straight and I've always felt like there's something to be said when people turn their backs on someone who says I was treated wrong or I was treated unfairly and instead of them saying well who treated you unfairly they say but when didn't they say that you was mean or didn't they say that you was this and didn't they say that there's really no accountability there's just like pushing the blame like you deserve to be treated this way so it was really good to actually hear her side of the story because she proceeded to tell us that she's been blackballed in Hollywood and i mean we can kind of see that because Monique is super funny she's super relatable she's like and she's had some controversial comments before where she made um, the statement about women shouldn't wear bonnets in public and you know young ladies need to be young ladies and she's even gone as to saying her husband raised her and like she has a lot of different opinions that I don't necessarily agree with but one thing you have to like take note of is when a black woman says I've been treated unfairly and only for her to be applauded when Taraji P. Henson comes out and says, I've been treated unfairly. Well, here's another black woman who's come to say, I've also been treated unfairly. And that's why it was really easy for me to believe and lean into what Monique was saying. It all came down to coins. It all came down to money. You know, in the Bible, um, people ask Jesus countless questions. He and he and even Jesus asks over a hundred questions. So there's a lot of there's a lot of questioning to be had. But the point I'm trying to make is he only answered three questions. Out of those thirty three years that he was on this earth and all these people that came to him and asked him questions, whether he answered it in a parable or whether he answered it directly, it was only three times. And he talked about money, power, and respect. And so I'm bringing this up to say Monique was talking about money. People get that thing confused so much. And they say that money is the root of all evil, but really it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And I'm going to continue to say that that's the biggest trick that the devil told is that there's not enough. I mean, come on, we serve a God that is the God of every single thing. Everything you can think of belongs to God. So why wouldn't he give it to you freely? And that's actually in the word. If you read it, it states it very plainly that God loves you. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the, of, you know, 
the the parable actually speaks about the birds. So it's like, if he can take care of the birds, why wouldn't he take care of you, his greatest creation? Of course he's going to do that. And it also talks about a father and a child. And it says, you know, you love your child, you give your child anything. You know, I would do the same thing. I'm your God. Of course I would do the same thing. So anyway, read it. If you think I'm playing, if you think I'm not telling you the accuracy of it, read it yourself and you'll see it there. But let's get back to Monique because Monique was talking about the money, the squirrela. And she was she was making a point to say, you know, I signed up to do uh, Precious. And Precious was a, such a traumatic, like, staining movie. And I think a lot of people forget that Mariah Carey was in that movie. She was really good in that movie as well. Um, she was a social worker. And you could, she was so unrecognizable. Like, she really played that part. I did not see, you know, Christmas. I didn't see butterflies. I didn't see I didn't, lambs. I didn't see any piece of Mariah Carey. But she was really good. That's a side note. But she said that she did this movie for like $55,000. And she knew she was doing it for $55,000 because of Lee Daniels. You know, there was some type of understanding there. But she expected that at the end of it, you know, it would turn around for her career and everything would go her way. The same conversation that Taraji P. Henson was having. The same conversation that I've also had. When I go into these places, into these... Now, we know this offer isn't necessarily what you want, but the next time that you do something, the next time you'll be able to negotiate something bigger. Well, what happens between that next time is that you have to stay in line and you have to go along with that program that you signed up with because it was all based in good faith. Well, fast forward and... She did the movie, and now they were asking her to go overseas and to promote the movie. And she basically told them no. Like, my end of the bargain is done. I did my part. Now I'm trying to reap the benefits of playing this role. And that didn't happen because she said no. And somewhere along the lines, Monique actually recorded Tyler Perry saying in audio and I have not heard this but she says it countless times on the podcast on the Shay Shay podcast it's about a two-hour conversation you can listen to it she says I recorded him and he admits it plainly that he did start that false rumor that I was hard to deal with but since that came out people have turned to me and said well why did you record the brother well, you know it's illegal to record the brother. Well, why would you? So it even then the goalposts got moved even further. So I encourage you all to listen to Monique tell her side of the story. Of course, there's always two sides of the story. But I want to start with I stand with Monique. I stand with all black women who are trying to break into an industry where you are not necessarily welcome, but you are needed. People need your talent. People want your ideas. People love your vibe. But they don't necessarily treat you as what you have to offer. So this is a word of encouragement to any young black professional entrepreneur. Keep doing your thing. And when you come to those tables, make sure you negotiate the deal of your life. Because we've seen it too many times with artists, with musicians, with businessmen. Make sure your paperwork is in order and make sure you negotiate what you're worth. 
Another point that she made in her in her two hour conversation with Uncle Shay Shay, she says Taraji P. Henson had to audition for her role in The Color Purple. But Oprah also says, I handpicked you to be in The Color Purple. Now, there's a little bit of difference there. If you handpick me, I don't need to audition because I've already been vetted. The person who's in charge already said that I make it to, you know, go past go, right? But she then says, I had to audition. So then she says, well, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't equate. That's not the same. She said, once you auditioned, they knew that you were desperate. Once you auditioned, they knew that they could just drag you along. And sure enough, Taraji P. Henson said, the food on set, it was terrible. The trailers that we had, it was terrible. The, the, we had to drive ourselves back and forth. I mean, this is Hollywood, right? I mean, you're not, it's not like you're standing in front of the Home Depot and waiting. Like, life could be way different when it comes to, you know, being unionized and work rules and stuff like that. But understanding that this is a multi-million dollar industry, again, somebody is holding two many resources, right? You have so much and you're scared to spread it across the table and that's where the injustice comes in that's where the corruption comes in that's where the love of money comes in right so she goes on to say you know if you know your worth then you should have never auditioned because they knew they had you from there so to me that says remember your worth remember your value um and I mean, going along to get along, there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you know who you're going along with, right? Because we know that they didn't do our sister uh, Monique right. So you saw them do her wrong. Um, but no one wanted to believe it because it's easier to believe that this big, black, you know, loud, cussing woman is wrong. Um, instead of, you know, the philanthropic, angel, angelic angelic excuse me angelic um oprah winfrey and i'm not taking away anything from oprah winfrey this is black history month you'd be a fool to get through this month without mentioning the great oprah winfrey she has done a lot of things um for the culture for the planet i mean she has a school in africa for young girls i mean you get a car you get a car you get like come on now nobody gives the way oprah gives so just like last week when I had to pray for Nicki Minaj and I had to pray for Meg Thee Stallion. Now I'm praying for Monique and I'm praying for Oprah because there's space at the table for everyone. So I encourage you all to go and check out that podcast. It really is good. And I stand with Monique. Um, we want our money. and We want it now. Side note... Judge Mathis, I love Judge Mathis. If you know me, you know I love Judge Mathis. Judge Mathis is for the culture. I think that Judge Mathis needs his flowers, and I do think people give them to him. But when I tell people I love Judge Mathis, they're like, that's so random. And I'm like, but you have a hard time seeing, you know, what I see. This man is from Detroit, right? Used to be in gangs, used to be affiliated with illegal, illegal activities, but uh, he decided to change his life 
right? Got a huge wake-up call, went to law school, became a lawyer, later a judge, and now he sits on TV as, like, everybody's black father that comes on TV and dishes out justice, you know, and does it in a way that's funny, in a way that you can learn from it, in a way that you can respect. And this is a black man sitting here and not one that's like unrelatable, you know, like Clarence Thomas, you know, but somebody that you can actually say, okay, I see where you're coming. I see how you rendered that justice and I see how you were fair in your judgment. I have the absolute absolute utmost respect for judge mathis but judge mathis decided to get into the beef or the conversation and this is the only thing that bothered me because the tone of it was you know come on let's handle this behind closed doors y'all like let's not let these good white people see us uh fighting with each other and it's like we got to stop that we got to stop that with that don't do this in front of company type of thing because we got bigger fish to fry, okay? As long as we know the company is over there, we can handle what we need to handle in front of whomever because they don't make the totem pole of what's civil and what's coof and what's not. I understand you, Judge Mathis is saying, do the right thing. But also, Judge Mathis, it's not because we are using anyone else as a totem pole for what's right. Because remember, that's how we got into this situation. Correct? She she did the same. And when I say she, Taraji P. Henson, she did the same thing when she was with Benjamin Button. You know? And she still wasn't paid with that. And Brad Pitt was starring in that movie. So it's like, let's not talk about what's right when it comes to white people let's just handle this in-house and let's never bring up that conversation anymore about trying to look civilized in front of white people not during black history month we won't go there we will not especially when this black woman is talking about getting her fairness and being treated equally we're not gonna that 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 should have happened for 400 years ago that conversation there so I love Judge Mathis, but again, if the people not speaking about it, then just stay out of it, okay? But y'all continue to support Judge Mathis. I love him dearly, but Judge, please. And last month, we talked about all the great things going on in February, but I neglected to tell you all about Mardi Gras, and really, because I really didn't know about it. I've been in New Orleans, and this is what I know about Mardi Gras. It's a festival. It's a parade. It it happens in New Orleans, and it's like a great time. People come from all around the world, throw beads, and celebrate. Well, this year, I wasn't in New Orleans. I was here in Washington, D.C., and I went down to the southwest waterfront because they were having a Mardi Gras parade, and it was phenomenal it was they had live bands they had a fireworks show they had s'mores it was like droves of people it was really great but it definitely got my attention right because I like to think I'm a little conscious as I'm participating in whatever I'm participating in I said let me let me let me use this brain I got and google (laughs) the significance of Mardi Gras and guess what it's directly related to Lent. And, you know, we talked about that last week and how we're gearing up for our 40 days to go seeking after the Lord by sacrificing 
something in our lives so we can draw closer in our relationships with Christ. But Mardi Gras ties into that. So Ash Wednesday, we talked about Ash Wednesday. That's the official kickoff to the Lenten season. And uh, Lent ends on March 28th. So come on, saints. Let's do it. February 14th to March 28th. Let's get in the saddle. Let's get ready to wrestle with the flesh. We will come out victoriously. Um, but Mardi Gras, it stands for Fat Tuesday. It's French for Fat Tuesday. And why do they call it Fat Tuesday? Because it's the Tuesday and then Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. But Tuesday is when you get to eat all of the fat foods. You get to have your feast. You get to indulge. You get to prepare yourself really to, um, to again, sacrifice to fast. So that's where Mardi Gras comes from. It's a huge celebration, Catholic celebration, Roman Catholic celebration, in order to gear up for the Lenten season. So I thought that was so um, phenomenal how Jesus just creeps up into everything. If you don't know, you don't know. You would think they just out there throwing beads at each other and, you know, you know the colors are, what is it, green and purple and gold and you just okay cool you know but sometimes you got to dig a little deeper and that's exactly what this podcast is all about we digging we are digging a little deeper and what we're digging in is the word so you know just like I have the google hey just same way you gotta read like sure I probably should have known that but now I do know it so and now you do too because you're listening to the Romans 8 39 podcast so uh, Mardi Gras hasn't officially began because it's, it's on Tuesday. Um, but for those of you, <clears throat> excuse, for those of you that are um, going to actually recognize it on Tuesday, you know, they had celebrations this weekend as well. So happy Mardi Gras as we gear up for Ash Wednesday and go into Lenten season. I want to give you guys a quick update on the book of Clarence. You remember I kept saying, you guys, you guys didn't go watch it. Why didn't you go watch the movies? It's affiliated with Jay-Z, like Keith Stanfield's in it. It has a black cast. It's depicting around the time of Jesus' birth. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, and no one has said anything. Well, I ordered it on Amazon or Prime, and uh, you can keep your $20, okay? Because I'm going to give you a spoiler alert, and I'm going to tell you in a couple minutes how the movie went. So, again, the movie starts out um, with a young man in biblical times. His name is Clarence. And he gets into an accident where he now owes someone some money. And instead of him doing, you know, the just thing, the righteous thing, earning the money, he decides. Because the way he got into the bet was also some shysty stuff. So he, he, was, just a, he was just a character all, all the way around. But anyway, he decides that he's going to get out of this financial constraint by coming up with this idea that he's going to be one of the 12 disciples. He's the first clout chaser, basically. He sees someone is on and he wants to get on. Even though he's not sincere in his heart, he's still so heavy with this debt that he's willing to do anything. Well, the 12 disciples are like, no, it's not going to happen. You're not genuine enough. So this guy decides to become the Messiah himself. He goes around with his homeboy, 
And he's like, listen, when I tell you jump, you just jump up. When I say you can see, you can see, okay? So we're going to just go around town. We're going to perform these miracles. And by the time it's over and done, I'll have some money, okay? And his friends are like, you know what? Let's do it. Because the whole time, they're smoking weed. I'm like, how did they? Now, that was an interesting part right there because it definitely was inundated with, like, weed smoking. And I just was like, okay, I get it. (laughs) But at the same time, it was kind of strange. It was really strange how, because it was at one point they started smoking and then they, like, started floating through the air. And it just got really trippy. But the story ends with Caesar now. Because this is biblical times, he was issued a decree that anyone claiming to be the Messiah had to be executed. And because Clarence had been going around and now had a following because he was doing all these miracles and raising all this money, they came to him and they said, listen, off with your head. And sure enough, they showed a whole depiction of him going to the cross and being crucified as if he were Jesus. And they even laid him in the tomb. But he didn't raise from the dead. Here's the cliffhanger. There was an actual character in the movie who was playing Jesus. Remember, he was cloud chasing him. And Jesus comes to the tomb where Clarence is. He rolls back the stone. He puts his hand over his heart. And he says, because of your faith, you are restored. And he brings him back to life. So that's pretty much... The gist of the movie. If that sounds interesting to you, check it out. Again, it's a all mostly all black cast. Jay Z's affiliated. It's another guy named I'm sorry, initials are J and S. Um, but it's a really different type of movie. The angles, the cinematography, the writing, just the idea of a clout chaser during the time of Jesus's, you know, you know, people talk about the eighties and they depict the seventies and even, you know, the early 2000s but you rarely ever see a movie that's taking place in ad but they use recent jargon and you know recent or current affair affairs to depict what's going on back there so it is something to see for sure um but that's my take on the book of clarence um And I want to end with this because the Super Bowl was last night and I made it to the halftime. I definitely made it to the halftime. Usher, Usher, you are amazing. 10 out of 10. Um, Yeah. Thanks for bringing out uh, Lil Jon. It was good to see him. Jermaine Dupri, throw those socks away. Um, Alicia Keys. Wow, Alicia. Alicia is aging like fine wine. She is looking good. Once she decided she wasn't going to wear that makeup, hunty. The ceiling was not even the ceiling no more. She looks great. Her body looks great. Um, now, the first note, that first note, it gave Alicia. It gave Alicia, and we love Alicia for her gentle, hippie, uh, soft heart. But those vocals, those vocals, those vocals, Alicia. Um, but Usher, yes, pop locking all around the stage, giving us that yeah, yeah. He said, I brought the A to the world. I brought the A to the world. You sure did. I'm really proud of Usher. And I hear that his tour is kicking off um, this summer, I believe, August in Baltimore. So to all the ladies that didn't make it out to 
Vegas to see his residency. He will be coming to a town near you. And I'm excited about it. I mean, gosh, I had to look up what age he is. And he said he's 45. I said, damn. Usher got it going on. He looks really good. God bless Usher. And it was a great halftime performance. I won't forget it. All right. Now that we got our current affairs out of the way, of course, I want to close with something from the actual word that I was reading that I think will also edify you. And it's the parable of... Let me see you do the eight Sam stuff. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Got in my spirit. Um, it's the parable about a master giving his servant something. Well, really, let's just say it's use what God gives you. Use what God gives you. And that's where this podcast comes from. Did I ever want to have a podcast? Was I a young girl saying, when I grow up, I want to have a podcast? No, but I moved into a building that had a podcast studio, and I said, look what God gave me. Let me use it. Let's just see what happens. If something happens, great. If not, okay, still, I'm going to use it, you know? So, But I want to read to you from what the Word says, okay? Okay. So as the crowd listened to what he was saying, Jesus went on to tell a story. He was now near Jerusalem and knew that the people thought it was almost time for God's kingdom to come. So he said, A very important man was preparing to go to a country far away to be made a king. Then he planned to return home and rule his people. So he called ten of his servants together. He gave a bag of money to each servant. And he said, Do business with this money until I come back. But the people in the kingdom hated the man. They sent a group to follow him to the other country. There they said, we don't want this man to be our king. Now remember, this this man just gave them the money, but they hate him. But the man, he's in charge, okay, but they hate him. But the man was made king. When he came home, he said, call those servants who have my money. Okay? So he went away to do something. He left them to do something. But they was going to go rogue and do their own thing. Don't matter. He still went away and became king. And when he came back, he wanted a report. Okay? So when he came home, he said, call those servants who have my money. I want to know how much more money they earned with it. The first servant came and said, sir... I earned 10 bags of money with the one bag you gave me. And the king said to him, that's great. You are a good servant. I see that I can trust you with small things. So now I will let you rule over 10 cities. See, I gave you one bag of money. You did well. You got 10. I can put you in charge of more. Verse 18, the second servant said, sir, With your one bag of money, I earn five bags. And the king said to his servant, you can rule over five cities. Then another servant came and said to the king, sir, here is your bag of money. I wrapped it in a piece of cloth and hid it. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. 
You even take money that you didn't earn and gather food that you didn't grow. And then the king said to him, what a bad servant you are. I will use your own words to condemn you. You said that I am a hard man. You said that I even take money that didn't that I didn't earn and gather food that I didn't grow. If that is true, you should have put my money in the bank. Then when I came back, my money would have earned some interest. Then the king said to the man, to the men who were watching, "Take the bag of money away from the servant and give it to the servant who earned 10 bags of money." And the men said to the king, but sir, that servant already has 10 bags of money. And the king said, people who use what they have will get more. But those who do not use what they have will have everything taken away from them. Now, where are my enemies? <laughs> Look, he went to the next thing on the, on the agenda. Now, where are my enemies? Where are the people who did not want me to be king? Bring my enemies here and kill them. I will watch them die. Now, I know that got morbid towards the end. But um, that is Luke chapter 19, verse 11 to 26. Okay? And that's about using what you have, right? Use what God gives you. So this week, I encourage you, whatever it is, whether it's big, whether it's small, don't wrap it up in plastic and hide it in the ground. Go do something with it. Go flip it. Go run it up. Go see who you can share it with. See who who needs something, okay? Be convinced that nothing will separate you from God. Run it up and be proud and be brave. I'm God's favorite. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is the Romans 83839 podcast. I look forward to seeing you next week. Go and follow the Instagram page. And also, I have a TikTok now. So, the TikTok page is going, and I hope to get more content up there soon. But nonetheless, just thank you for listening. That means a lot. And um, I'll catch you on the flip side. God bless.